NFL Week 4 takeaways, starting off with the Detroit Lions offense just simply unfair. The Lions can beat you in a multitude of different ways. They can destroy the passing game. They can destroy the run game. They can use a lot of motion. They can look for a lot of mismatches. And that's what they use against the Green Bay Packers, in which they absolutely destroyed them. Now, yes, the Packers, they did come back later on. But by then, a costly, dumb mistakes by the Packers. Yes, we all know that player on the Packers. I'm not going to mention his name, but if you know, you know. And the Lions just completely dominated them. But I'm not talking their offense, right? Their D-line was just absolutely insane. Now, yeah, the only dock is that most of their offensive linemen for the Packers, they were out with injuries. But still, that D-line was pretty good. Not from cap. Really good. Now, here's the thing. We all know their offense is elite. We all know that. If their defense can be at least average, they don't have to be good or elite. They just have to be average, mid, in the middle of the pack. Then I can see this Detroit Lions team winning the playoff game for the first time since 1991. I can see that for the most part. They just got to keep it up. My next takeaway will be Zach Wilson looked pretty damn good on Sunday Night Football. We all saw the game between the Chiefs and the Jets. I said for the most part that the Chiefs would just absolutely run them out the gym. Everybody said that Taylor Swift was there. And we all, and we all thought that, right? Well, it was completely wrong as the Chiefs actually struggled against the New York Jets. Yes, I'm not even kidding. They really struggled against the New York Jets as they barely squeezed out the win 23-20 to in a game that was very competitive. Zach Wilson, he, in a nutshell, he outplayed Patrick Mahomes. I can't even believe it myself. Even I was shocked for the most part as he finished the game going 39 for 28 for 245 passing yards, two touchdowns, right? The and However, the con was he had a fumble late. But besides that, he played very, very good. He played one of the best games of his young career and with a passer rating of 105.2. He played very good. And there was all that buzz on him saying, oh, he's a bum, oh, he just down the third. And, well... I guess you could say it paid off the A-Rod mentoring to Zach Wilson. It paid off because he played very good. He looked very comfortable. The play action was really working for him. He was making his reads correctly. He wasn't scared. He didn't fold. He played his ass off. Mahomes, he did struggle for the most part. But Mahomes, as Mahomes, he ended up getting it when it mattered most down late. Isaac Pacenzo, he played very good as well. He's from New Jersey, so you know if you know, you know. He had 20 carries, 115 rushing yards, averaged 5.8 yards per carry, though. Very good, actually. Not too bad. With one TD, he played his ass off, and the tensions were hot between both teams. They are both talking smack to each other. You've just seen it, right? However, I will say this. The Chiefs did get lucky because it was some favorable play call in favor of the Chiefs in which a lot of calls were going up against the Jets in which most of them wasn't even on them. Just keep it a buck. But besides that... Good game. Now with Zach Wilson, I am expecting to play better than this. I hope he learns from this game and he plays better as the weeks go on. He got to for the most part. This Jets team is just too talented. And hopefully he does. I really do. My next takeaway would be is this the Chicago Bears. They need to take. <laughs> they need they need to take. It's just that simple. We all seen the game between the Denver Broncos in which the Bears, despite blowing the Denver Broncos out, right? They were just completely destroying them in every way imaginable. They had a 21 point lead, and you thinking, hmm, the Bears are actually blowing them out. Okay, the game's over. 
And then I see the Broncos score. Hmm, okay. Then they score again. Okay. And again. <laughs> and then the next thing you know, the game's tied. I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> Bears. You found a way to blow the lead? And that's exactly what they did as the Broncos. 31 to 28 from coming back from 21 down below. And if you're a Bears fan, honestly, bro, you should honestly be a Bears for the most part. You really should. Because you're up as you're up 21 points against the Denver Broncos, and you find a way to blow that lead for the most part. Just literally had the whole state of it, let alone the whole city of Chicago, just speechless. And I can't blame him for the most part. And the worst part about it is Justin Fields, he played one of the best games of his career that game. As he finished the game going 35 for 28, the 335 passing yards, four touchdowns. However, the con was when it mattered down late, he ended up costing the game by throwing a very terrible interception. I'll also say the Bears coach dude's an idiot. Fourth and one, they have a chance to either run the ball in. Instead, he runs he does an inside run in which, mind you, they ran the ball in their last few possessions in which the play call was very predictable. It's not even close. They didn't even try a read option for the most part. I'm thinking if you're gonna at least run the ball, do a read option with Justin Fields or a play action or I don't know, some other magic stuff or something like that. But no, running inside a fourth and one, and it completely failed. And from there, the Broncos, most notably Russell Wilson, he completely capitalized on the Bears' mistakes, in which he ended up driving the Broncos down the field goal range, in which they ended up taking the lead, 31 to 28. And obviously, Justin Fields throwing the interception with Adam Moss, as I mentioned before, was absolutely costful. And I feel bad for him. I really do. But the Bears need to pack it up. They really do, because they ain't no coming back from that. My next takeaway would be is that the C.J. Stroud and Anthony Richardson, they're both are by far two of the best quarterbacks of their draft class right now. Now, the Colts, I'm going to start with AR-15. Anthony Richardson, talented kid. Call, some people call him the black Josh Allen, the next Cam Newton, right? He goes in there. Now, everybody's saying he's going to struggle. I did say the Colts would be really terrible for the most part, but I said Fields will be, you know, like, AR, he will struggle for the most part. But, no, he didn't struggle. In fact, he's playing very good right now. He's playing very good. Now, yeah, the, now, yeah, they end up losing to the Rams. However, he played his ass off for the most part. And keep in mind, this is without true number one on the Colts and Jonathan Taylor being out. And he's still balled out. He's actually playing very good for the most part. Now, yeah, his accuracy is still there, but... Guess what? He's a rookie. He's going to struggle for the most part. But if he could just fix his stuff, go in the gym, go in the field, work work on some few things, then he could be very good. But the future is bright for AR-15. He just looks very comfortable with that coach offense. Now, I just can't wait when Jonathan Taylor comes back, though. That's going to be a very, very deadly offense when he comes back. And then as for C.J. Stroud, he's by far the number one quarterback. In his draft class by far. They when I say they absolutely destroyed the Steelers, they absolutely destroyed them. They didn't even take them seriously. Blowing them out 30 to 6 in every way imaginable. CJ Stroud, 30 for 16, 306 passing yards, two touchdowns with a perfect passing rate of 111.3. And he just overall is good. He played very, very good football for the most part. The Nico Ryan deserved all the credit he got. The receiving core was absolutely insane. Nico Collins had over 168 receiving yards. Dalton Schultz, he actually played 
pretty decent at three receptions for 42 receiving yards and one touchdown. They did pretty good. They played nice, balanced football. A good running attack and, a, and also attack from the air with their weapons as well. But the future is bright. It really is. And honestly, the Texans are 2-2, two and two, which is surprising. In the AFC South right now, a lot of teams are struggling in that, in that division. You got the Jags. I mean, yeah, they're playing decent, but they're nowhere near playing like how they did last year for the most part. You also got the Titans who are they're on their way up for the most part, but we're going to see how they look later on. You can say the same thing with the Texans and the Colts. They're actually looking not too bad as well. So the future is bright for those two. It really is. The next one I would say is... Are we witnessing the Legion of Boom 2.0 again? Because the Seahawks defense, they completely dominated the Giants. Now, yeah, I do understand it is a terrible Giants team, but shoot. That defense looked pretty damn good for the Bulls. They look really good. Everybody played, everybody played their role. Bobby Wagner, he did his thing. Julian Love, he did his thing. Devin Witherspoon, he was pretty much the hero. Had two sacks, had an interception. And like I said, I told you, I was very high on that kid coming out of Illinois. I said he was going to be good. I already knew all the potential we had. Everybody played their role. It just sucks for Jamal Adams that he was out with a concussion injury, though. Because he had that good hit, and then he ended up getting a concussion. But this Seahawks defense is very clicking. The only thing I have an issue with the Seahawks is their offensive line. If it's, which is her inexperience. I can understand that. But... Any everybody helping everybody to fix their stuff up because right now it is looking rough. My next takeaway I will go with is Sam Howie has a lot of potential. He's not he played not too bad this season for Lewisburg. The commies they went up against the Philadelphia Eagles, in which I'm not gonna lie, Howie looked pretty damn good in that game. The offense was clicking, it was picking apart the Eagles secondary, and they, Sam Howie looked pretty good. He looked really good for the most part. My only thing is with the commies is this. They need to invest in an old line. It's that simple. They really do. And also, prayers up go to Emilio Forbes, by the way, because he was getting torched by A.J. Brown, which is no shame in that, by the way. He's a rookie. He's got to understand it. But the thing was, he was getting death threats, all the other stuff. In fact, they say he had even disabled his Twitter account. So I hope he really gets better, though. And I kind of felt bad for him on the game because he was seen crying during that, in which I was saying to myself, I watch it, I'm like, damn, you're going to learn from this, rookie. You really will learn from this because it's rough. It's, he got his, basically, he got to walk up to the NFL rookie moment. But like I said, he will be fine. He'll learn from this. And he's going to do good. I like the kid. You know? My next takeaway would be is this. The Rams, they got themselves a steal. With Puta Nakia from the Rams and also Kyrie Williams. Now, Puta, he's been playing his ass off for the Rams. He's been doing his thing. And he's actually been playing like one of the best receivers in the league. One of his rookie receivers, may I add, for the most part. He's been playing pretty good. Really good, really good. He had nine receptions, 163 receiving yards, one touchdown. And just overall, he's actually playing very good right now. Like, so far, right? We're going to week five. He has 501 receiving yards for the entire year. And I said this for the most part. The moment Cooper Cup comes back, that receiving court is going to be absolutely insane. Because think about it. You got Tutu Atwell. They ain't got Cooper Cup. And then later on, you still got the rookie, you got Poole Nakua, who's playing his ass off. 
that's going to be a very, very unstoppable receiving trio. Very underrated, in my opinion. But hey, that's just me. The next takeaway I have, which I'm going to the last one, is this. The New York Giants, they made a mistake in paying Daniel Jones. Now, I'm not saying it's because of his play. No. I'm saying it is because of the fact that they refused to invest in the whole line for him. If you look at them, right, they paid him all that money, which, okay, some people argue was overpaid. But here's the thing. They didn't invest in no offensive line, no true number one, no nothing. And yesterday was a perfect example of that because he got beat up in every way imaginable against the Seahawks. 24-3, and their line allowed over 11 sacks. And from the looks of it, it looks like they didn't even try to block at all. And Daniel Jones, he had the most rushing yards due to the fact that, again, his old line is just absolutely terrible. He really couldn't do anything for the most part. Now, yeah, you could put some blame on Daniel Jones. I mean, the turnovers, I do agree. You could put some of them on him, even though most of them are not. But the fact is, his old line is just absolutely terrible. He really just can't do anything. And I mean nothing. There's literally not a damn thing he could do. And it just sucks for him because they still had him out in the game despite the blowout. And I'm like, bro, take him out of the game. The game is pretty much over. You're just ruining his confidence even more. And he just wasn't out yet, which is honestly mind-boggling to me. It really is. My last takeaway, well, this is a good one, is are we witnessing a Bengals down year? Because honestly, if you look at the Bengals, they, they're not getting off to a good start, actually. As they got absolutely cleaned by the Titans 27-3, and they're 1-3, and Joe Burrow just looked pretty much terrible. However, you could pretty much say, honestly, that Joe Burrow hasn't been playing good this season. He's pretty much regrets. Not, not as an individual, some of this season, he hasn't looked good for the most part. He just really hasn't. Hopefully, he does step up. Hopefully, he gets better. I do believe it's an injury for the most part, a calf injury. However, he really needs to get better. Hope he does because right now with this Bengals team, it's like, I don't know what's going on for the most part. And mind you, the AFC is absolutely loaded, so he can't get to a slow start like this because as it goes, season goes on, you get October, and then you go November because that's where it's really going to start heating up in the AFC. And trust me, you don't want that to happen. Really do not. But I don't know what's going on with the Bengals. I really do not know. Combination of the O-line, then Burrow's not looking good. And then their coach doesn't help things either. But hopefully maybe just the Bengals are starting off slow and then they go on a run later on. But hey, we could just hope for the most part. And the last one I would say is that Ronnie Harrison basically is an idiot. Now, we all seen this after the pregame in which he tried to get Chris Jones to say something negative about Zach Wilson, in which everybody and their mom roasted him. In fact, it got so bad to the point in which he even had to apologize for the most part. That's what they said, apparently. I didn't like it at all because I'm thinking, one, he played his butt off. He played very good football. It's like, what can you do? And honestly, I seen it coming because I heard him say the comment. I'm like, yeah, he's going to get roasted for that. But those are just all my takeaways from week four. And what are you guys' takeaways for those, bro? That being said, peace.